0: Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape. My name Mark Smith and I'm the tech editor at Resonant Advisor. This week's exchange is with Rabia Biani. The artist formerly known as Morphosis hasn't released music in three years, but he's never been so busy. His label Morphine has become a key crossover point for club music and the avant-garde, while his research into non-Western experimental music was brought to the fore as a curator of this year's CTM festival in Berlin. Yet Biani's heart is still in the dance, and he constantly relates his work back to his mentality as a DJ, mixing incongruous sounds into an experience that makes you reconsider the walls we build between styles of music. As always, you can hear our full archive of exchanges at residentadvisor.net and follow us on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. The exchange with Rabia Biani is up next. I guess a lot of people who read RA would know you mainly for your work as Morphosis, but you don't even use that name anymore and you haven't even been releasing music for the last few years. But that doesn't mean there's been a slowdown in activity. In fact, it's the, the contrary of that. You've been almost busier than ever. But your work is, um, seems to be drifting off into lots of different facets. So can we at least talk about the basics of what you've been involved in, in the last
1: few years? It's been maybe 2 years already that I stopped using morphosis as a moniker. I wanted to focus all my job and work around my own personality and not hide it behind a moniker. And I think from from that point things took a slight drift in the way people perceive what I'm what I'm doing. The people, at least the people around me and not the wide public, because it's never about gaining a wide public for me. And that's probably one of the points where morphosis was becoming a bit a bit odd for me as a moniker. It's not because I don't want to share with a wider public, but the type of work I'm doing is quite based on a research functionality in within and yeah, Morphosis was becoming a bit more open and specifically going into a more electronic music scene so like the dance uh, electronic music scene while my point in what I do is more about hybridization and more about creating a point where different things can, can gather together or clash or combine, it's, it depends on the way someone can see that. And from that point, there's something new coming out. And therefore, I cannot close myself in one scene or one jar or one thing that I do. And many people see that as a eclecticism or chaos, mess. I do understand that. But in my mind, it has a, quite a balance and it it refers to everything that I've done since the beginning so far. Mm. So you're still actually
0: playing sets all the time. It's not like there's been a slowdown in musical activity. It's just not official releases from yourself. So what have been some of these contexts that you're finding yourself playing in now? Because it's not just first is playing you know vinyl in an 808 or something like you've been working with Vincent Moon in audiovisual situations performing with lots of different types of people.
1: Yeah, I, I think within a market that requires an artist to have a constant output and a constant media coverage, let's call it like this, in order to get shows and gigs and work. I think I got lucky that I did not need it recently. And it's not that I stopped producing for a reason that I don't like producing anymore. The choice went into um, an own personal research for this. The research goes into the variety of instruments, the variety of sounds that I can explore throughout my path, in musical path, let's call it like this. In those last years, I've been producing other people And this goes in the same direction where I'm actually producing my own music. Because if I should think about it, I started as a DJ and I continue being a DJ, even if I'm playing live, even if I'm performing with other musicians, even if I'm producing musicians or anything else. For me, it's the combination of sounds and the combination of outputs, whether it's my stuff or other people's stuff. And the approach of a DJ into an instrumental or a band world. So all the production work that I've been doing in the last few years, from Senyawa to Charles Cohen and creating stuff on the label that are uh, limited series or special items, uh, musical items that can, that can be presented to the public, is actually part of this process. I still call this my own music in in a certain extent if a DJ can call it he just has his own music so I haven't stopped producing mm. if you if you think about it this way but from a catalog or from a output like a personal output perspective I have been working a lot on music on recordings, especially live recordings and I'm, and that's the dimension where I find myself more comfortable
0: Why is that?
1: I think the in the connection with the public is really important to for for what I'm doing, at least from my personal side. I find it very difficult to record in a studio. I connect this to uh, an energy flow what I give is actually influencing someone else and that someone else is giving back energy into what I'm doing so it feeds back in almost in the at the same time so this actually shapes a lot and influences a lot my performance or my you know recording session let's call it like this I don't
0: want to overstate it but I could feel that there was some sort of Rabi tinge over like the Senyawa album, for instance. Was that recorded in your personal recording space, that record?
1: Yes. Uh, Minjadi was recorded here in Berlin. It was just a curious approach from uh, my own scene or perspective or call it like this, how it could interact with a band coming from Indonesia that is doing completely different type of music and... Especially vocals that normally are categorized as odd in our environment. Let's call it like this. But I've been already working with a lot of you know people using vocals, and I was of course throughout my musical research, music instruments and vocals are a really tangible part of what I like in music generally. So having the chance to work with Ruli and Wukir opened a real concrete path in working with musicians that have this kind of approach to the stage and they also never recorded and I think they never really recorded in a studio before or maybe they did it in Jogja but I don't remember if they did it before Menjadi so they also were very curious to see my approach applied on their music so we were working on the album structure together Like making longer pieces, longer takes, repetitive rhythm parts. Mm. It was really magic to work with them on on that album, definitely. Would you say Senyawa are
0: kind of emblematic of the direction that the label and yourself has been moving in? Because you're talking about, you know, uh, coming across new instruments and exploring the range of the human voice and things like that. And they seem to really epitomize that, you know. How did you come across them initially?
1: Well, I I discovered them at the um, Sejero Festival in uh, in Denmark, and it was it was something very personal. It wasn't only the music that attracted me to their to their work, or or something like this. Coming from Lebanon and being uh, raised within like a quite a traditional music environment in Lebanon which historically is well known that the influence between middle eastern music south asian and uh, east african music is is quite big so this influence and this travel of this sound throughout the years made me a bit you know curious about discovering more about asian music since since the beginning basically but their own approach to their own music was really different from from my perspective it was it was almost like going beyond the exotic and beyond the historic and creating a new voice that could actually become a starting point for a new thing happening from that region and i kind of found myself also involved in that like on on emotional side, so it was kind of like a revenge action from a band coming from Southeast Asia throughout the world and reversing the world music aspect that has been throughout the years here, of course, alive since a long time. And this was this was the most important thing for me.
0: Apart from producing their record, in what ways have you fostered their development?
1: Well, it was a very few work, let's call it like this. I don't like to officially call myself like the manager or producer because I am not. It was pretty easy because uh, I knew there was something special behind that. And I knew many people on the electronic and experimental scene wouldn't be liking that kind of music or output but i knew also that the majority of people would find something special in that you know because of a historical factor it's it's something that relates to nature relates to earth spirituality and all these elements we find them already in our uh the music that we actually like from from the minimalism from from the 60s and 70s early electronic music to a, a, a lot of experimental and rock music and free jazz that most people that belong to the scene uh, really love and, 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 and you know explore in a way. So I just needed to you know present them and they did the whole rest of the job like remarkably.
0: We briefly mentioned this a while ago, but a lot of your recent live performances have been audio visual works dealing with film that Vincent Moon has shot. Can you talk about how that project came into being and how it relates to you know, everything that we've been talking about so far?
1: I've met Vincent Moon on, uh, maybe we, we we met each other on the internet many, many years ago, but then he was part of the festival, the CTM festival program. I invited him for an installation, a permanent installation all throughout the festival and a small presentation on the opening night so this is where we spent almost two weeks in Berlin working on his installation and he was he was uh, all over the festival like shows he was seeing everything and he was really excited about this uh, this CTM festival for him from my side of course Vincent Moon's work is for me, some of the most important stuff that I can find out there. The more I explore into it, the more I find stuff that I can relate to from the perspective of a listener and a viewer and the love for the image and the, the, the actual spirituality that is contained in those images and the, the sounds he records. I often imagined myself using some of these, this, these sounds in a DJ set Also, the the, the ways they would fit in a a club context. And I think he also had, from his side, a lot of curiosity about uh, performing live as a filmmaker or as a musician or as a DJ in some ways. So I think we found a connecting point where he can perform live playing his own films and he calls it live cinema experimentation and this experiment about how to deconstruct reconnect all these uh images and films and shots that he's been doing uh, all around the world and from at the same time from from my side i can as well Sample live, sample deconstruct all the music that is coming out from these films, or play on top of it, or loop it, or process it live. And we've done three shows the last few weeks, and I think the potential of this thing is is quite huge. It was it was really amazing to work with him, because we have a similar attitude, like approach to performance. Of course, we have a similar approach to music world and realities he's a really great artist and the fact that he denies himself as an artist while filming and while producing his films i think the way he can actually reconnect with himself as an artist is through performance live performance and this i find really really exciting in a way or fascinating
0: Mm. specifically talking about the instrument research again how does Pierre Bastien fit in this? Because he obviously has a very distinctive take on building his own instruments out of parts that people would not even consider to be a traditional instrument. Can you just talk a little bit about what he does and how you came across him?
1: Pierre Bastien has been on, on my artist list, like the highly respected artist list, since a very, very long time. I met him personally maybe, I think, five years ago or something like this, and we kept in touch and the idea a couple of years ago came to me that maybe it would be a time as well to, to explore what Pierre Bastien would do for a label like Morphine or how would he present his latest in vision of the music he, he, he creates. I think Pierre considers all this uh, a musical output rather than an exploration of mechanical parts Putting them together to make sounds randomly for him is a, it's it's a real composition mode and almost like building an orchestra by himself or a band or or a swing or jazz band for him. There there has been an, an art scene in France in the in the last century that was uh, creating art out of uh, robotics or mechanical uh, instruments, and I think. It all comes from this really nice French approach uh, to cinematic, maybe coming from Méliès, uh, Georges Méliès. I think that's the school, and like the way I see it, without going into like much deeper sure. uh, description of what Pierre is doing. So I think Pierre fitted really well on on the series on the label, and as a master of this instrument or variety of instruments that he builds. And also the modification of uh, traditional instruments is also another approach that Pierre is involved in. So there there was a connection between uh, people that create music on a modular synthesizer uh, with people that are building their own instrument and, and, and creating sounds out of it, or people that simply use a very simple device from from a two strings or a vocal strings why
0: why are these that. approaches in particular more interesting to you at this at this time than traditional instrumentation?
1: It's just the way we look at the future we 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 don't have to deny history, but we have to look at the future in a in a more concrete way rather than following what technology is bringing only. We have to also acknowledge the fact that the future can also be somewhere where we have to learn how to create our own stuff in order to survive. And probably this thing I've I've learned it a lot here in Berlin. There's a lot of recycling and there's a lot of uh, refurbishing and there's a lot of community work in Berlin that uh inspired me a lot to go out from you know the the cycle of buying an instrument using it throwing it away we have to keep a a a, a close circle running in order to you know learn how to face the coming future and that's that's something i i, I believe it's very very important not to uh enter the standardized uh commerce And go into a more personalised approach to it. We have to learn this because we don't know how the future will be. We might need that one day.
0: So this is really tying music creation to issues which perhaps have importance far outside the music sphere. Absolutely. This is to do with you know uh, how you relate to the world in a larger sense.
1: Well, this music is somehow the language with which you, you you relate also to the world. And it goes, like from my understanding, it goes far beyond the aesthetic, like the sound aesthetic or the beauty of a composition. It's, I think it's a very powerful social and sociopolitical tool. And we know a lot of connections between music and spirituality, the, the, the invisible world. We know a lot of connection with between music and the revolutions and the revolutionary actions so yeah the connection with with a lot of aspects in our society nowadays or in the in the recent years so we cannot deny the power of the interaction between music itself and the issues that we are facing nowadays and and especially in these recent times I think I think we should start learning how to raise our voice in a in a, in a proper way because it is needed I, I think it is needed especially right now
0: and i guess another artist who you've put out recently who ties into these sorts of topics really closely is pauline oliveros who is an extremely significant influential american composer writer dramatist activist all all sorts of different types of things uh, what drew you to wanting to release her and Ione's work, her partner?
1: I had the biggest, let's say, honor and pleasure to to be in touch with her. She was doing this, uh, this performance in New York, New Arts Festival, I think, uh, curated by Laurie Anderson. And she was presenting the expanded instrument system that she's been working on since many, many years. And now it was, it was like finished. And she, she, she did this performance to present it on an 8-channel output. And since the series was exactly about how you create or how you actually give birth to something and you use it in a, in a masterful way, and you create um, an, a musical output that can re- really represent that way. She totally fit it in that, in that series. And I think the album was, uh, was sub- sublime, just amazing. So there was no reason why, let's call it like this, why not putting it out. And on the other hand, Pauline has been of influence on my, on my work. So it all fitted together. It's interesting when
0: you're talking about you know how these things all fit together, and for the casual observer looking at the direction of morphine, say someone who's just into dance music, and then they come across a Pauline Oliveros record, that must have um, quite an effect on their perception and expectations.
1: I don't want to go into the extent of becoming the the preacher or the the teacher. I humbly relate again to my DJ skills or DJ world let's call it like this and it's surprising how people tend to react really well on something that they don't actually expect and by doing this on a dance floor by playing something that is completely unexpected or like from a a crowd perspective and that still can tell the story Within a set that still can be connected with what happened before and what will happen later, this is related also to the releases on Morphine. Morphine is actually still the the small world where I uh, where I play my music. You know what I mean by releasing them. All all this can definitely be part of a of a whole package where people can uh, relate to Morphine as a dance house, experimental house, or, or noise label, and then also like avant-garde or free jazz or Indonesian music. So these
0: three artists who were just talking about all performed at CTM earlier this year, which you had a curatorial role in.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've been asked by CTM to guest curate uh, part of the musical program and work on the entire musical program with, together with them. Uh, The theme was new geographies, and it fitted quite well with what I was actually doing and my own perspective of how, again, a DJ set is made. And and so throughout this approach, uh, I think we worked for like maybe 10 months on the program, and while working on it, we were constantly learning new things and learning how to explore this completely new approach of curation of a festival while uh, it could it could happen randomly in a in a in a event or something not really big to have an artist coming from uh, a different country and is actually playing music that is quite new for our country or his country we kind of wanted to pack all this together and, and like uh, explore all these non-borders that are already existing nowadays and we also explored the extreme difficulties that are the actual physical borders that are still there and the comparison between what arts and expression is bringing and bringing together all around the globe and what politics and countries and and institutions are actually blocking more and more we had serious problems with many many artists to provide them visas to get them to germany and that was also something that we we had to face more and more and in a more extended way in 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 this in this year And this year is also marked by the whole thing, especially in Germany and in Europe, of uh, the Syrian refugees situation. We, We really went to explore as well how difficult it is for a regular musician from Syria to be able to come to Germany to perform in these times. It was not possible at all while we had a whole wave of european right-wing mentality that was actually throwing from the other side and and then blocking all the borders and trying to stop this from happening like the the actual crisis from being solved so in during the whole process of uh, exploring studying like you know regional stuff and sounds from from different parts of the world we were facing more and more a political situation. The whole festival started with quite a marked political position, let's call it like this. Yeah, I think this was the biggest the biggest uh, learning experience for me on this side, on this matter, mm. how to understand what are the borders and the non-borders of nowadays. Mm. So you said that
0: you didn't come up with the concept yourself their concept fit in with things that you're doing already. Exactly. And yourself and Ctm aren't the only people thinking
1: this way. Absolutely not. Of course, there's a lot of people already working on this since, since many many years. But the point of of giving a theme that was so particular uh, from Ctm, I think from Ctm's um, perspective, was to reverse the classical ctm situation of you know western musicians ex- experimental and avant-garde and electronic musicians coming from the western countries mainly it was to reverse this this whole this whole thing and especially the musicians from western countries that were involved this year at ctm had to have a real connection with the whole theme as well so We had to be careful not to go out from the theme or to take it too much in depth into a radical uh, situation. So it was, it is still a festival where people will travel or come from Berlin to, to attend these shows. So the focus was also on a, you know, validity of the shows themselves and the exploration of new things. This is the New Geography's theme. There are other things out there which come from different parts of the world. Randomly, they get attention, but we wanted to focus on this attention itself. I think, of course, you're open to yourself a lot of uh, critical situation or criticable situation. But uh, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, I think it was... It was quite a big uh, learning experience and a lot of fun as well Mm. at the same time.
0: Because I guess this has also brought you to fairly far-flung parts of the world, including Siberia. Was going to Siberia part of like a Goethe Institute funded thing like you know bringing disparate cultures together?
1: Yeah, I think I think Goethe Institute is still actually working on quite a big project, which is the hybridization on a geographic level to bring artists from Germany and take them and go and actually, go and do settle things in other countries especially now i think their focus is mainly the uh, ex-soviet union area but uh, this is not to bring the musicians and you know do a showcase of uh, electronic uh, western music it is more to feed local uh, realities in those countries and it's being done through uh, through ctm and unsound equally i think uh, i think in an equal manner and uh, ctm actually officially was involved only in the ctm siberia festival that was last year while unsound is doing a wider project on this matter and i think being in that situation i saw something taking life in in Novosibirsk and Krasnoyarsk in Siberia, and a lot of hope in the local communities. they saw that it was possible to do something even on a very small scale. If you live in, in, in such remote areas from out, outside from the you know the map of you know the good things that are happening the New York and Berlin and London, you kind of are always in a situation where you don't have a lot of strength and a lot of hopes in what you're doing but an activity like this there and staying 10 days with the locals and working with them on shows and 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 you know showcasing what is coming from Russia in and especially that region i saw a lot a lot of hopes in the local music community and i consider this as a as a really good thing and of course you can combine Western stuff in order to, you know, enrich the, uh, the experience for the locals. There was also a boiler room session there. And it was incredible how many people came and how many people were actually feeling lucky to be able to be on boiler room and, and, and watch it happening in their own town. And I see this as a very, very positive thing. Of course, it it enriches the local mentality and the local hopes, let's call it like this, yeah.
0: There's another festival that you've had some degree of involvement in called Terraforma, which has its own views on sustainability and connecting situations together.
1: It's it's a festival that happens outside Milan in a very old park, Villa Park, that is a huge space that was uh, basically abandoned since many, many years. The project of Terraforma behind, be, besides the sustainability of the the actual festival, and uh, the involvement of the local community from food to vendors to musicians and etc. Uh, etc. Et the focus of the festival, I believe, is within five years to reopen and revitalize the whole uh, the whole park. Every year they take a part of the park and they they uh, do the whole work and they clean, uh, revitalize all the trees and, uh, you know, all the environment there. And I think they discovered there's actually a very ancient labyrinth there. And starting from next year, they're going to start rebuilding it. And this is going to go on in that direction. And I think for a local Lombardo or Milan area festival, it's quite an example to push even outside those areas, I think.